Let's pray, shall we? Father, once again, we thank you for your goodness. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll anoint these words as I share this message today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, happy birthday. Yep, it's a birthday celebration. Today we celebrate the birth of the church, an event called Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is seven weeks after the Easter uh, weekend, and uh, it's actually part of the Easter celebration. We have tended to think of Easter as just one event, but historically the church actually thought of it as an event starting with the death of Jesus right the way through until the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is what we actually celebrate in the Pentecost. You know, it is actually one of the most significant events in the history of mankind, the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church. Now, after Jesus died and uh, he spent and rose again from the dead, he spent 40 days meeting with the disciples. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Can you imagine what those guys must have been going through? I mean, firstly, they go through the whole trauma of Jesus being crucified. You know, they spent up to three years being with him, believing in him, hearing his words. They had this great hope of something special was going to happen. And they never anticipated what did happen. And so when he was arrested and beaten and tried and then finally crucified the disciples as we read in the in the new testament were absolutely and utterly devastated they didn't know what to do they just were overwhelmed with grief but then suddenly the 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 woman who goes to the tomb return and they say listen the tomb's empty but more than that they say not only is the tomb empty but that jesus has actually risen he's come back from the dead and this is just startling news. I mean, you know, we we think we know about resurrection, but in those days it was something that had never wouldn't have never been anticipated by the disciples. And they were shocked and, and there was actually you know, honestly, unbelief amongst them. They just couldn't believe such a story. It was too fanciful. And so, but over the next few days, Jesus would appear to all his disciples and many followers, as the scripture records, and uh, it became quite clear they had personal encounters with a living Christ one who defeated death and so in that context over the next 40 days he meets with them and he, he eats with them and he talks to them and he begins to open their eyes to understand the fullness of God's plan not only for what is, has happened but what is about to happen and what they're going to be doing and and I'm sure their heads would have just been spinning I mean the emotions they would have been been feeling and but through it all I think there would have been a sense of oh thank goodness there's going to, something special is about to happen. Jesus is with us again. and Just his presence would have brought peace. But then all of a sudden he starts talking, but now he's going to leave. And again, the emotions would have just risen in them and the, the fear and the anxiety. But they, before he goes, he says to them in Luke 24, he says, now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you just as my father promised. So stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power. And within that context, Jesus in a sense goes to heaven and the disciples return to Jerusalem. And I'm sure they're, they're unsure, they're scared and not too, too um, confident, but they know that Jesus has given them this promise and so they return with this hope and they meet together continually. And then in Acts 2, Acts 2 verse 1 begins with this verse, on the day of Pentecost, 
all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what happened was that what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. What an incredible event. The Holy Spirit filled every single one of them. And this was such an incredible time because, you see, it changed everything. It's the first time that the Holy Spirit fell on people as a group and he came, but not only did he fall on them, what was so special was that he was here to stay. You see, under the old covenant, when the Holy Spirit came on someone like a prophet, it would be for a short time and for a specific purpose. But now that Jesus had defeated sin and made a way for mankind to come into relationship with God, the Holy Spirit was had come and he was dwelling among people. He came and he was going to stay. And this is actually the very birth of the church. A line was drawn in the sand. You see, when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, it wasn't just for your sin and my sin to be paid for and taken away. That was part of it. But there was a greater purpose. It was for the restoration of mankind. It was to bring us back into the very place that we were created for, to live in, in permanent, continuing relationship with God. And the church, the family of God, was birthed that day with a, a, a purpose. It was mandated with a purpose. And that was that the church is to be a colony of heaven with the responsibility for bringing the life and the rule of heaven to bear on earth. You know, it's a little strange because in many ways we've lost the sense of what that incredible event means and what it means to believers. We think of it almost just as a, an event that makes us feel good or fills us with the Holy Spirit. But we've got to remember that the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is imperative for us to live the life we've been called to live. You know, I remember when I was first encountered the teaching of the Holy Spirit, it was uh, really kind of given to me in a way that, well, like you're the car and, and, and he's, the, he's the gas that we need to keep us going, that we need to be filled up with him to keep trucking on. But you know, as I've got to know the Holy Spirit, as I learned from him and about him and grown in fellowship with him, I've come to understand this. What I've learned about the Spirit of God is that he's a lot less like the gas pump and he's a lot more like the air that fills the tires. He's the air that I breathe. I need him every minute of every hour of every day. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, we see the Apostle Paul giving us some incredible insight into the Holy Spirit. It's really one of the most revealing uh, scriptures that shows us how Paul operated. I mean, here is the greatest preacher, apart from Jesus, that's ever lived. And, and he tells us a little bit of how he lived and how he, he ministered and what he did. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching was very plain. 
Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. That you would not trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And when I think about the Holy Spirit and the way he operates in our lives, you know, really I've come to the conclusion that, you know, the Holy Spirit, if you like, is the operating system of our life. He's not an app. The Holy Spirit is the operating system in the, of the life of a believer. He's not an app. What do I mean by that? Well, Paul in that scripture made it very clear that his only effectiveness for life was the Spirit of God, the power of God working inside of him. And, and as the Holy Spirit worked inside of him, he bubbled up and worked outside of him as well. You see, the reality is that the Holy Spirit can't be just an accessory to our lives. He's in fact the engine of everything and anything that is good that will happen in me and through me. Because I don't think we always work like that. You know, I think sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as just coming and, and anointing special things or maybe touching things and, and, and maybe kind of gives us some goosebumps. And, you know, we, we I, I hear people saying, oh, man, it's like the Holy Spirit was uh, making cameo appearances. We say, oh, in our worship today, wasn't it beautiful? I felt the Holy Spirit move or or when, when uh, I felt the Spirit on that word that was preached today or when the Holy Spirit moved, lots of uh, things happened. Listen, we need to be clear. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. Unfortunately, though, I think so many of us have learned to do life without him. You see, the Holy Spirit is not, not something you add on when things aren't going well. He's not the, not the one, one, one of the Trinity, if you like. The Spirit of God is more like the source of all my strength and the strength of all my life. I so love the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can easily get caught up in trying to describe the Holy Spirit and, and then someone else will disagree with us because the description doesn't fit their experience. Listen, you know what? I think it's more important than, than knowing how to describe the Holy Spirit is that we learn to obey him. We need the Spirit. You see, the main purpose of the Spirit, is, of the Holy Spirit, is to point people to Jesus, God's Son. To allow them to enter into a relationship with him. To become free from sin. And to make them empowered followers of Jesus. You know, it has to do really with companionship with God. A God who convicts. A God who comforts. A God who prompts. A God who saves. A God who empowers. And a God who gives us gifts. Now, I don't know if you've noticed it, but today I've referred to God, to the Holy Spirit in a very specific way. In Hebrew, the word for spirit is ruach, which means wind or breath or violent gusts. And in the New Testament, the word is pneuma, which still means breath or wind. But, you know, the Spirit of God is not a wind, even though we, we symbolize him by wind. The Spirit of God is not breath. He may be symbolized by the breath the Spirit of God isn't a dove, although he's symbolized by a dove. The Spirit of God isn't oil, although he's symbolized by oil. 
The Spirit of God is not water, although he's symbolized by water. Something we always need to remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. And you'll not hear us talking about the Holy Spirit as an it. Holy Spirit is he. Holy Spirit is a person. And that means that God wants a personal relationship with you and me. You see, there is much more than God just wanting to give us powerful stuff in our lives. He wants to come into deep relationship with us. He wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to grow in a day-by-day in a, in a -day relationship with Holy Spirit. Now, does God give us gifts? Absolutely. But I want you to also know something, that when God comes into your life, he brings all the stuff he has for you on the first trip in. All his gifts, all his power, they're available for you today. You see, I want you to know, Romans chapter 8 tells us that the Spirit of God is present in your life if you belong to Christ. The Spirit of God is in you in full supply right now. The problem isn't that you need more of the Spirit because you've got all the Spirit. If you belong to Jesus, you've got all the Spirit you'll ever need. And the daily question we need to ask is not, does the Spirit have, is not, do I have all of the Spirit? The question is, does the Spirit have all of me? Does the Spirit of God have all of me? See, that's where, what we're needing to do. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in us and through us. See, the first place the Holy Spirit wants to work is he wants to work internally. He wants us to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. That we are to become the likeness of Jesus. What does the likeness of Jesus look like? It's the fruit of the Spirit that, the, that is referenced in Galatians 5.22. Self-control, gentleness, love, meekness, humility. He wants us to be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is that person you need to be connected to for all of your life. And once you yield to the Holy Spirit, things really begin to change in your life. Everything will change for you when you come to realize that the Holy Spirit isn't up there somewhere waiting to come down on you, to bless you, to guide you, to touch you. The Spirit of God is in you. And that's so powerful. I mean, think about that. Come on. The Spirit, the very presence of God is inside of you. God has deposited himself inside of you. He wants you to be full of him all the time. He wants to fill you up. God wants the Spirit to come alive in you today. You know, sometimes I think we live our lives in such a way, if we think, well, we get all our thing, all the things right in our lives and we get our behavior right, then he will send a spirit to us. You know what? God says, no, no, no. I will send my spirit afresh to you so you can get all things right. God wants to empower us with the spirit. He wants us to come alive with the spirit of God in us. 
First Corinthians 2 goes on to say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. God wants us to know his ways. God has given us his resources. If you love Jesus and you've been born again, then you've got it all. Everything is available. You know, when I preach, there's one thing I always do. I take out my phone and I flick it onto flight mode. I switch it to flight mode. Because you see, when it's on flight mode, nothing can come in and nothing can go out. All I have access to is what's on the hard drive on my phone. And you know, today as I was preparing this message, I just felt that the Holy Spirit was saying that there are some who are listening to this message and frankly, you're living your life in spiritual flight mode. That is, you know, you've got the forgiveness of Jesus, you're, you're there, but you've, you've switched off your sensitivity to what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. You know, he wants to speak to you. He wants to move through you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to empower you. But you need to make the connection. I want to encourage you. Let's make this the last day that we spend our lives in airplane mode. See, God wants to speak to you personally. He wants you to take time afresh to connect with Holy Spirit. Can I pray for you? Why don't you? I know it may feel a little strange as you're watching a, t a computer screen or whatever, but can I encourage you just to close your eyes right now and uh, just maybe reach out in front of you, put your hands up. You know, doing that, it's not a Pentecostal thing or anything like that. It's actually a thing of, of yieldedness. I always think of it when I do it as I'm reaching up to my daddy. It's that side of being yielded and saying, Jesus, I want more of you. And I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I need the Spirit of God to fill up my life totally. I've asked right now that you would refresh, refresh the presence of the Holy Spirit in me in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would rekindle your love in my heart. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. And I pray that you would begin to awaken my senses so I can begin to, to become more aware of you. That I can become, my ears would be attuned, that I would turn off airplane mode to the Spirit. That I would begin to, to take time to begin to learn to walk in fellowship with you afresh, Holy Spirit. I thank you that, that you are here dwelling in me, inside of me right now. And Lord, that I would learn to just position myself to walk and to be aware of your presence in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to know him and you want to know the intimacy of the Holy Spirit that I've been talking about today, then we, we have people who would love to connect with you and to talk to you about Jesus and to, to help you discover the beauty of a relationship with him. And so if that's you, can I encourage you to take the time to email us at office at liberty.family. Just email us and say, hey, I want to talk a bit more about Jesus. And one of our people will connect with you and uh, without any pressure, and just talk to you and share with you the, the wonder of knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour and what it's meant for them. Is that okay? I'd love to do that for you. Also, if you have any prayer needs, please email them through to the office. We would love to have our prayer, our intercessors pray for you and uh, just support and stand with you, whatever situation you've got going on in your life. You know, we have every confidence that Jesus is the answer for every problem. And what I want to do now is I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come again. And uh, you may not be used to this. And again, it may feel a little bit strange doing this over computer. But I just believe the Holy Spirit just wants to touch people. And so I just want to give a, 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 just a, a little bit more time. So again, I just want to ask you to close your eyes and just to allow the Holy Spirit to minister and speak to you. You know, sometimes in our, our day, it's, it's hard to allow silence. We get very uncomfortable with silence. But I just want to invite the Holy Spirit. And, you know, as we do that, and as you just relax and invite the Holy Spirit, he will come afresh to you. And I just really want to, want to do that right now. So is that okay? So why don't we do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come again and just minister to each one who's listening to this right now, Father. Hmm. Just relax and just allow him. A thought may come into your mind. If it's a good thought, it's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You may want to just tell you how much he loves you and cares for you. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, just release your peace right now into every situation right now. You know, just as I'm, I'm sitting here and waiting on the Holy Spirit, there's just a couple of uh, words. We call them words of knowledge that I believe the Holy Spirit have given me for maybe someone who's listening today. I just feel there's someone who's had neck problems across their shoulders and right up particularly into their neck, just up in here. And uh, right now, if that's you, I just want you to put your hands there. And uh, I believe that God right now can release healing. I know God can. And so, Holy Spirit, I speak to that neck, that strain, that, that tension, that pain that's there, and I command it to be gone in the name of Jesus right now. Just bring release, I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And I also just have a, a, a feeling that there's someone who's got some hearing problems in their left ear. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, if that's you, just put your hand on your ear. Right now, Lord, I just speak healing in the name of Jesus. I just speak to that ear and I command 
let them just be open right now in the name of Jesus. Just restore all hearing and uh, that infection that's been there, I just speak to it and I command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And finally, I just feel that someone, there's someone who's um, had some um, uh, stomach problems, just a little bit of heartburn and some stomach upset. And I just speak to that, that situation right now. And I just speak, release this healing power and presence right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And there's been someone who's been uncertain about a, a job option that's come up. And um, it's something that's been in your heart you've wanted to do. But there's also the fear of leaving that which has been solid and firm in your life and to, to step out. And um, you need to, you know, you need to know that, that God will walk with you, whatever you take. And he will be there with you and that his peace and his strength is available to you in this decision that you've got to make. And that, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you to follow your heart. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.